Good morning. Let's stand up. I'm gonna feel like saying Merry Christmas is not uh, too early yet. <laughs> Gary's gonna lead us here. So let's sing together in the bleak midwinter. Here we go. In the bleak of winter, all creation groans for a world in darkness, frozen like a stone. Light is breaking in a stable for a throne, and he shall reign forevermore, forevermore, and he shall reign forevermore, forevermore, unto us a child is born, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he shall reign forevermore, forevermore. If I were a wise man, I would travel far. If I were a shepherd,
we adore you, we love you, and we honor you. I ask that your presence would be amongst us this morning, and I pray that we would be receptive with open hearts and open minds and a spirit of obedience to what you have to say in each and every one to us. Thank you again for your love and your faithfulness in your name. We are so glad that you have joined us this morning. Um, we have been blessed with a full house. So if you all could just get a little bit closer to the center, that would be great. So everyone has an opportunity to have a seat. And uh, while you're doing that, if you would say hello to your neighbor, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm uh, Pastor Ken McGillivray. I'm the Associate Senior Pastor here at Hopevale. And it's, it's a joy to worship the Lord with you this Christmas season. If you're new with us at Hopevale, we want to extend a special welcome to you and invite you to stop by our welcome desk right in the center of our lobby and pick up some information about our church. And also, we have a special gift that's just for you. So as you saw on the slide, our Christmas services are next week. Can you believe it? September to, or December, yeah, that, that month, <laughs> that month. December 23rd, Christmas Eve, December 24th. So remember the service time. So on the 23rd, 5 and 7, and then on Christmas Eve, 1, 3 and 5 p.m. So we hope you'll be able to join us. And I, I want to ask all of you who are part of the Hopevale Church family here, uh, if you're able to serve during one of the services, our Christmas uh, services, uh, we would love to have you help us. Um, we, we have some opportunities uh, to serve in the lobby, in our additional seating, in our venue, and also in our kids' ministry as well. So if you can help at one of the services, would you stop by the info desk on your way out today and let us know that? We would, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, after the new year, uh, we begin uh, a, a message series on 1 John. We're going to study the little New Testament, powerful New Testament letter of 1 John in a series that we're calling Confidence in the Chaos. And our community groups, all of our groups, will go through this series together. But if you are not already part of a community group, we're offering 1 John discussion groups or D groups. Uh, for any of you that want to connect with a discussion group during the series. And so on your way out today, grab this little postcard. It's the Compass in the Chaos D Groups Info Postcard. Uh, you can get that right at the information desk and get more information there if you'd like. Um, adult classes begin on January 13th. That's coming up. Grab a flyer on your way out if you'd like some information on classes. So I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward now, if they would. And giving at, at Hopevale 
is an act of worship and it's an act of partnership. It's, it's an act of worship to our God, right? Giving back just in, in gratitude, just a part of what he's given us. But it's also an act of partnership in the mission of this local church called Hopevale in providing opportunities like our Christmas services to all of us, but to people outside of our walls as well. It's an act of worship, it's an act of partnership. And so let's give that way this morning. Let's give that way online during the week. And let's pray together about that, can we? Father, we, we do thank you for the opportunity to give. And Lord, as we do, whether we give online during the week, whether we're giving this morning, we want to do it in gratitude to you, to worship you. You are the one who owns everything. You have given us everything. And Lord, we're thankful. And we give with that heart. And Lord, we give, we give with a heart of partnership with this local body and toward the mission that you have called us to at Hopevale. So Lord, give us joy as we give. Bless us as we give, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel, Isaiah 7, 14.
Yeah, God, we uh, clap a praise to you because you are with us. You are Emmanuel, and uh, you came to this uh, broken world in the form of a child that um, is pretty mysterious. Um, so as we journey to the manger um, for the rest of this week and into next week, um, I pray, God, that uh, you'd help us long for you in a way where we know you're coming again. We sing this song, and as we're reminded of Jewish people of old, um, um, before you were here, and how they longed for you. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And so there's a second coming that we await as well. So O come, O come, Emmanuel. God with us to uh, be with us and take us home for all eternity. There's going to be that day, uh, whether it's the end of our lives here or you choose to come back. And um, that day uh, will be a wonderful day. Um, A reunion and um, with people we know and love and who followed you and decided to make you Lord. And so we here decide to make you Lord today. That's why we show up to this place because we want more of you, Lord, in our lives. And we look for more of you in our lives. So would you be that today, Emmanuel, God with us? In your name, amen. God bless you again. Glad you're here. Have a seat. Hi, Hopevale. Pastor Adam here. We want to share a story of impact about the Christmas outreach offering. Last year's offering had an expanded ask to help us launch and sustain Bay City for their first year of ministry. So I'm actually in Bay City this morning to share with you a little bit about how God has been at work here at Hopevale Bay City. Yeah, we have just seen God move in an incredible way. It's number one, obviously, just numbers and people coming through the doors here at John Glenn High School. But then to see people encounter God on a personal level has been amazing. And this uh, lobby area that we transform every Sunday into a space where people can hang out and connect and do life together is amazing because we see people out here praying, we see them engaged in conversations, coming to a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. This is our nursery area where those birthed through two years spend their morning. This is our preschool classroom. This is our elementary space. If you've ever been to John Glenn High School, this is the entrance into the gymnasium that's actually changed on Sunday morning by our team of volunteers. Hopefully, we just want to say thank you. Your giving helped make all this possible so that we could invite people to know and follow Jesus. Bay City, as well as Saginaw, so thank you so much for giving to the Christmas outreach offering. Thank you. Good morning again, Hopevale. Hey, obviously Hopevale Bay City was the big story of the Christmas outreach offering last year. It was also not the only story. Uh, your giving to that, that special offering has just gone to mobilize so many different groups of people to serve out in our community uh, on behalf of Hopevale. And, you know, um, Bay City, like that was a big ask and still with the heart of being all for other people, right? We want to reach this region for Jesus. And that was a part 
of writing that story. And if you're relatively new to Hopeville, the Christmas outreach offering is a special offering that we take during our Christmas services at Hopevale. And it's above and beyond giving with the intention of just all going to uh, reach people outside the walls of this church uh, with the name of Jesus, with the gospel. And so that has been uh, an incredible thing that we've done here at Hopevale. Since 2010, you've given over $1.1 million to that fund to just mobilize people for ministry. And so once again, we just want to say thank you for giving. And as you prayerfully consider a gift this year, we'd invite you to pick up one of these Christmas outreach offering envelopes, which are available in the lobby. Uh, there's also an online giving option as well, and you can give to that through the end of the year or bring it to one of our services next week. Uh, so we're just looking forward to how the Lord is going to continue to write those stories to make his name great uh, right here in our own backyard and around the world as well. Uh, so I do need to make you know, one clarification about the video. Uh, my name is Pastor Adam, but I am in Saginaw this morning. I'm not in Bay City, okay? Um, actually, Pastor Dan is in Bay City this morning. And as they share that Christmas outreach offering video as it relates to Hopevale Bay City, they're also kind of doing a Christmas celebration this morning as they're coming up on their year of existence. And so... Pastor Dan just wanted the opportunity to be there this morning, which means I am here. And so uh, just looking forward to uh, how the Lord is going to speak to us uh, this morning. As we look back on the past three weeks of the series that we have been in, uh, it's, been, it, it's called Heaven on Earth. And we've been immersing ourselves in what Jesus coming to this earth means for each and every one of us. So all the way back at the end of November, Pastor Sam uh, looked at the story of the birth of John the Baptist and how even when we don't always see it or we can't recognize it, God is always at work around us. And then the past two weeks, Pastor Dan looked at how heaven is breaking through. We dove into the story of the birth of Jesus and how, like we just sang about, Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus came to this earth and then last week was heaven taking over and how Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And that's a peace that we can experience in our lives today because of him. Well, today we are going to be talking about the hope of heaven forever. And I want to just take a minute and camp on the word hope and, and talk about the definition of that and what our ultimate hope is. And so uh, the, the de, um, definition of hope is a desire and expectation for a certain thing to happen in the future. So this is not a look back at something that has happened. It's a look ahead to something that is yet to happen. It's a hope for the future. And it made me wonder, like, what is deep down in our souls? What is our ultimate hope? What is our ultimate hope? What do we all long and seek after? And I think that what we all long and seek after is perfection. It's perfection. It's, it's a life and an experience with no more sin, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death, no more long lines at the store, especially this time of year, right? Those are some of our deepest longings. No more sin, no more pain, no more death. And I want to share a story with you that I think illustrates that really well. And you know, this story for me captured my attention because back uh, in high school, uh, I did a lot of rock climbing. I went to an indoor climbing gym every week, and I just, I really enjoyed doing that. It was a lot of fun. Um, so I want to share with this, uh, you this picture. 
And I don't know if you recognize this mountain, but this is El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. It is a 3,000-foot wall of granite rock. Granite rock face, okay? Uh, it's an incredible, an incredible wall where elite and professional climbers from all over the world go to test their skills against that wall. Now, typically, when people climb that wall, they go with a group of their friends and they take rope and safety equipment and things like that. Obviously, right? Okay. So now I want to show you the next picture. Uh, this is Alex Honnold. And uh, um, the summer of 2017, he went and uh, free solo climbed El Cap. Now, if you don't know what free solo means, that means he did it by himself and he did it without any safety equipment at all. No ropes, no nothing. Just him, his climbing shoes, and his chalk bag. And he walked up to the edge of that cliff and climbed it. And he did it in four hours. Okay? Pretty incredible. I mean, that is a feat that the experts said, I mean, it cannot be done. Like, nobody should, in their right mind should even consider doing that. Now, of course, I heard about that, and I, I went and showed my wife, and I'm like, oh, my good, like, this is blowing my mind. This is incredible. Like, what have I done with my life? Like, that is impressive. And she's like, Adam, if you want to try that, I will kill you. So... <laughs> One of the fascinating things about that to me was that uh, when he went on all the podcasts and the talk shows to talk about this accomplishment, obviously as a professional climber, this was a goal that he had set for himself. It's something that he wanted to do and he dedicated himself to it. Uh, he climbed it with a rope countless times. He studied each and every hold along the way. He knew the route like the back of his hand, right? He wanted to take any guesswork. He wanted to take any fear out of it. But what was most fascinating to me was a statement that he made about it. And, he, and his point, one of the reasons that he was drawn to doing that was he said that, you know, we live in an imperfect world. And being able to go and climb that and be on the verge of life or death meant that he had to do it perfectly. He had to do it perfectly. And that was such a draw for him. And so he dedicated himself to it to accomplish that feat so that he could experience, even if for just four hours, what perfection would feel like on this earth. Now, because of sin, we all know that perfection does not exist on this side of heaven, right? I mean, we could all sit down and talk through all of the examples of imperfection in our world and in our own lives. I mean, I think of uh, the relational imperfections that we experience, that even though we are created to be in relationship, we long and desire for relationship, we also know that relationships are not easy, and that's because of the result of the curse of sin on this world. Uh, there's also emotional imperfection. We experience things like anxiety and depression uh, because of that imperfect world that we live in. There's financial imperfection, right? I mean, who wants to stick to a budget, right? There's physical imperfection. We struggle with things like sickness and death, and those are things that we all face with no exceptions, right? So all we know in this world is a life impacted by sin and the hope that we have of a perfect place called heaven with Jesus. And we live in the tension between these two places, the perfection of heaven 
and the imperfection and the sinfulness of this earth. I want to recognize also for a moment that I think sometimes, and rightfully so, but we spend so much time focusing on how to live in our sinful world that we sometimes forget that Jesus promised us that one day this struggle will be over, that heaven is attainable. And so today, I want us to focus on that promise that we have of perfection in heaven forever. Because one day, whether it's when Jesus returns or he calls us home through death, the tension will break because we'll be on the other side of this earthly experience. And so the question for each and every one of us right now is, are you prepared for that day? Are you prepared for when Jesus returns? Or are you prepared for your physical death here on this earth? And I think to help us answer that question, we have to look at the person who bridged the gap between heaven and earth. It was Jesus Christ. Because he is the only link between the place that we long for and the place that we live in. And so here's what Jesus has done for us in the past. This is, this is what has been done. This is not our future hope. These things have already taken place, okay? So we already acknowledge the, the curse of this sinful world that we live in, right? Well, Jesus came to break that curse for us. We celebrate his first coming uh, through the birth, uh, through his birth at Christmas time. It's when heaven and earth converged when Jesus was born. And through Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection, Jesus paved the way for us to get to heaven. And in order to pave the way between us and God, the penalty for our sin had to be paid. And that penalty could only be paid for in blood. Jesus allowed his pure, sinless blood to be shed on the cross on our behalf, paying the price for our sin. Jesus washed us clean so that we could be reconciled to the one who created us, our Father in heaven. And so to cap it all off, after Jesus died in our place, he rose back to life from the dead, just as he said he would. Pretty incredible, right? That is what Jesus has done for us. But what has happened in the past is not what is yet to come. It's not our future hope. And so as we explore our future hope of heaven forever, uh, we're going to look at the writing of a man named Luke. He was a physician, he was a historian, and he was a follower of Jesus during the days of Paul. Uh, Luke wrote two New Testament books, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. We're actually going to pick up the story of Jesus at the end of Luke, and this took place 40 days after Jesus rose back from the dead. And if you want to follow along with this, uh, if you've got a smartphone, you can access uh, our notes through the Hopevale app or your YouVersion Bible app and follow along there uh, or your physical Bible as well. You've got some options. Uh, as you're looking that up and before we read that, I also want to set the stage to point out that, you know, the human expectation after Jesus rose back from the dead would have been that he would have then established a physical earthly kingdom. I mean, that's, that's what you're supposed to do when you raise back to life from the dead, right? You should set up your kingdom on earth. Well, that's not exactly what happened. So after Jesus rose back from the dead, because his victory over sin and death was an invisible victory, it was a spiritual victory, uh, that's not what happened. So while the human expectation was to set up this earthly physical kingdom, we're going to pick up Luke chapter 24 and see what happened next. 
So Luke 24, uh, verse 50, talks about how then he, Jesus, led them, which was his followers, out to the vicinity of Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Okay, so in the middle of this expectation that Jesus, the person who just raised back to life from the dead, would now set up his kingdom on earth, he ascends back into heaven. Okay, that doesn't make a lot of sense for the people standing there watching that. And then we pick up the story at the beginning of Acts chapter 1. It's just a continuation of the same story in the same location. So Jesus raised back into heaven and his, uh, they, his followers, his disciples, were standing there looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. So picture this, right? I mean, the, the disciples, they're just standing, staring off into the sky and maybe out of the corner of their eye, these two angels show up beside them and they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus returned to heaven and we are told that he will come back again. That is our future hope. And while we can believe what the angels said in this situation, I also want to just kind of flash us back to a, a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples uh, shortly before his death and resurrection ever took place. And so from the mouth of Jesus directly, he said, back in John 14, he said, My father's house, heaven, has, uh, has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go there and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here's what we know. Jesus left this earth to prepare a place for us to live in perfection with him. Jesus will come back to take us there, and Jesus is the only way to heaven. He is our link between heaven and earth. That is what hope is all about. Jesus is coming back, and heaven forever with him will be perfect. It will be perfect. It will be complete. And then I think that begs the, the classic question, okay, so what, what will heaven be like? I mean, our, our minds just want to go down that path. If that's what is promised us, what will heaven be like? I mean, if Jesus is there preparing a place for us, uh, it certainly causes us to wonder what we can look forward to in that place. On the book of Revelation, this is written by another follower of Jesus, a man named John. This captures descriptions of some visions that were revealed to him. And so think of this, these writings as kind of a, a dream from the Lord. They're allegorical writings. Uh, they're fascinating. They're difficult to understand sometimes. But, but John's vision in Revelation 21 gives us a little teaser 
of what is to come. So Revelation 21, John, through his vision, wrote, he said, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. I think, man, what, what a throwback that is. I mean, we're in the season right now where we talk about the dwelling of God with his people was the first coming of Jesus when he came as a vulnerable baby boy. This coming, this dwelling of God with his people spoken of here, this is the returning victorious king that is going to happen in the future. And it says, they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Now get this, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order, the order of sin and death has passed away. The old order of sin and death will have passed away and Jesus will be there to wipe every tear from our eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. That is our future hope of heaven. And I don't know about you, but I think, I mean, that just touches that, that deepest place in my soul for the longing of perfection that we can experience in heaven. And I hope it does for you too, because the perfection that we long for is promised right here. And that is powerful stuff, and it should fill us with hope. You know, but then, then we realize that in the middle of our hope-filled longing, we still live in the mess of sin here on this earth. And so what do we do with this life? What are we supposed to do with this life? Because this life matters tremendously. What Jesus has done for us and our response to that matters tremendously. Our hope in heaven forever is not meant as an escape from our earthly reality. You know, the, the life that God has given us matters. And so what are we called to do with this life? Well, very simply, what we're called to do with this life is to live in Jesus, to live as Jesus, and live for Jesus. And I want to walk through those three things. So to live in Jesus means that uh, you put him, you put Jesus on the throne of your life and you put yourself on that path that he has created for us between heaven and earth. It means that we acknowledge him as our savior because of what he has done on the cross for us. It means that we live in the forgiveness and the freedom that Jesus has extended to us here on this earth. And then to live as Jesus, it's, it's us allowing the fruit of his spirit to be on display in our lives. You know, when Jesus uh, uh, ascended back into heaven, that wasn't the end of the story. He gave us his spirit so that we could accomplish the mission that he left for us on this earth. And so as we live as Jesus, we should allow the fruit of his spirit to be on display in our lives. It should be, uh, we should be living expressions of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of those things, as we put those on and, and display them in our lives each and every day, should let our lives point others to Jesus. And then lastly, we're supposed to live for Jesus. And as we live for Jesus, like we just said, we have got, he, he gives us the, the freedom and, and the forgiveness to, uh, to live how we discern through his spirit he has called us to live. You know, there is no cookie cutter formula for what following Jesus looks like. And so as we consider how to live for Jesus, really the question gets thrown back to each and every one of us. How is Jesus calling you to live for him today? How's he, how's he doing that? How has he placed you in your life to do that? You know, God has placed each and every one of us intentionally. Where you live, where you work, where you play, who your family is, the people that he has surrounded you with, the circle of influence that he's given to each and every one of us. Uh, we are called to live for Jesus, to help bring a little bit of heaven to earth before Jesus returns. And so the question for us today is, how is Jesus calling you to live for him today? You know, it sounds so simple, but I also know that it's not easy. But that is the struggle of living in this sin-soaked world. We long for heaven, but we're not there yet. So as an encouragement, uh, I love these verses in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12 Verses 1 and 2 says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There is a joy set before us also, and it is the hope of heaven forever. And so we are called to throw off anything that hinders that pursuit. So let's run the race of life with perseverance, no matter what is in front of you, no matter what imperfections through sin that you're dealing with in your lives today. We are called to run this race of life with perseverance so let's fix our eyes on Jesus and one day you and I will get to experience the joyful perfection of heaven with him. So live in Jesus, as Jesus, and for Jesus. That is what we are called to do together. So as we, as we wrap up, I want to leave us with, with these thoughts. Okay, And this is kind of a, a random thought and I am no scientist, but follow me here for a minute. Uh, this is what I want to leave us with. On Earth, there, there is a tiny fraction of electromagnetic radiation or light that is detectable by the human eye. So on this spectrum of light, our eyes can only see this much of it. And this visible light is between infrared and ultraviolet on the spectrum. Okay, So to the left of infrared is microwave and radio, and to the right of ultraviolet is x-ray and gamma ray. All right? nerding out on you, I know. There's also a spectrum of frequencies or sounds that our ears can only detect a tiny fraction of those as well. And so here's my point. What if the place that Jesus is preparing for us right now is a place where we will be able to see the full spectrum of light, 
to be able to see things that we have never seen before. Maybe we could see the spiritual realm. What if we could see love? What if we could taste grace? What if Jesus making everything new absolutely blows the lid off of anything that we can imagine? Paul in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians, he wrote that, you know, for now we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So what if the joy of being with Jesus had a fragrance to it? What if we had another five senses or a hundred? What if the sound of, how, of music and how we experience it had a billion new possibilities? I think Pastor Billy would have a field day with that one, don't you? Here's the point. Our earthly experience is so limited in light of what God is capable of. And I think, and if we think the things of earth hold incredible blessings, and they do, then I'm convinced that heaven will absolutely blow us away. Like we cannot even begin to imagine or comprehend how out of this world incredible it will be. So please don't miss out on your invitation to that perfect future hope. Jesus has paved the way for us so that we can all experience that future reality of heaven forever. It's an existence where there will be no more sin or pain or tears or sickness or suffering or death. Jesus is making everything new and you don't want to miss it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to experience you, to live in your presence here on this earth. And God, our view today is so limited and we're so stuck in the reality of our sinful existence that sometimes it's hard to pull ourselves up out of that, to raise our eyes beyond what we know physically in the reality of here and now, to raise our eyes to heaven with that expectation knowing that you have promised that you will return. So God, that is our great hope, that what you said, what you promised will come true, that you will return, that you are preparing a place for us now, and you will return to take us there to be with you. God, that is the promise that we want to hold on to each and every day of our lives. And so would you just give us the strength and the encouragement and the endurance that we need to live this life for you. God, thank you so much for loving us so much that you didn't want to allow the brokenness that we know on this earth to be the end. But God, you sent your son Jesus to bridge that gap so that we could walk that path to salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. God, we love you. We give you all of the praise and the glory and the honor today that you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, friends, let's stand and worship the Lord before we leave.
You guys saw last night there was a beautiful sunset did anybody see that 
I have to admit, I took a moment and I looked up to the sky and just admired the beauty of that. And I thought to myself, man, Jesus, are you coming now? Are you coming yet? Because we're ready, God. We're ready for Jesus to return. And that is the hope of heaven that we have. And so I hope as we go throughout our week that we would remember that reality of the hope that we have of heaven forever because of what Jesus has done for us. So God bless you guys as you go this week. And we hope to see you back next week for Christmas services at Hopevale. God bless you.